The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ladies and gentlemen, we suck. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Here with both of my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson, are also on the podcast. And we are going to take a look at this football team. And we are going to give a great and honest evaluation at the quarter point of the year. The Cowboys have played four games. They are one in three. And I think it's safe to say that there are a lot of concerns about this football team. And we're going to spend this podcast talking about them. We're not going to talk about the Cleveland Browns, but so much. We're going to group this this uh, four-week slump into a, into a group and, and talk about it. And we're not even going to talk about the Giants because it's not going to matter unless we figure out some of these issues. And that's what we're going to spend our time doing today. Um, before we get started, how you fellas doing tonight? Not great after that performance, <laughs> to be honest. How dare you ask me how I'm doing this week, the week of Jason Garrett's return. How <laughs> dare you ask me how I'm doing? I can't wait for Jason Garrett to just put us in a body bag. One in, one in, just one in four us to death. 17 to three victory from the Giants is just going to be fantastic. Well, we Actually, can't. it'll be like 57 to yeah. 50. I was going to say, we can't not score 30, bro. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be a 60, a six-touchdown performance by Daniel Jones. You know, Deion Lewis, a Saquon Barkley clone, just going to come out and just Dude, shred Daniel, us. Daniel Jones is going to go out there and throw for four touchdowns and immediately go to Twitter and be like, who's that guy that was talking <laughs> all that crap at the senior bowl? <laughs> That's me. That's it. And for the most part, go at Connor NFL draft. Suck it. For the (laughs) most part, I've been right. But this week, he's gonna just roast me, and I can't wait. But um, I'm ready to take a look at this team and see if there's anything that we think they can do to turn it around. If there's anything we think they can do to improve in house, um, you know, bringing in out. Outside players, bringing in outside coaches, you know, promoting coaches within. We're going to talk about all that today. Um, and I first want to start 
Uh, Cole, well, you were hear me out. Let me let me just put this out there. I got the answer to all of our problems. Steroids. Okay. Steroids. Right now, we're probably not doing any drug testing or performance <laughs> enhancing testing because of all the COVID stuff right now. This would be the perfect time to do a quick cycle and get not terrible at football. I'm talking to you, especially Connor Williams. You're a genius. Okay. I love that idea. Yeah, I'm down for Gavin some Dawson, Gavin Dawson has been trying to get them to do this forever. <laughs> Every professional athlete, not just the Dallas if they get caught, If they just get caught, it's only a few-game suspension. We'll be back yeah, in like a few a four weeks. It's a four-game suspension. They're in court right now. Like, we we got to take some drastic measures. At this <laughs> Gentlemen, worth the, unfortunately, worth steroids won't let our linebackers know where to go, and our corners know when to fill, and our corners know how to cover, and our defense alignment know how to rush the passer. So we might be screwed even with the steroids, which is just rough. <laughs> um, yeah. Nicole, I, I wanted to start with you because you weren't on with us last week, and I, I talked. Me and Dalton actually spent a lot of time kind of talking about the. It was more so the offensive coaching staff, but we talked about everything. Um, I just wanted to kind of get your take on how you think the coaching has been the first four weeks of the year. Um, I think, I mean, my whole point was, is I think if you come, if you, if, if two months ago, I would have said the Cowboys are going to be one and three to start the year, people would flip, would have flipped down and been like, Oh, you know, no way too much talent. These coaches are great. And while I don't think we can sit here and just point the finger directly at the coaching, I think it is a valid question. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of get your take on the coaching through the first four weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, if, if in the preseason you were told we, the Cowboys be one through three through the first quarter of the season, I think everybody would be pretty upset. Um, going into the year, the Rams looked very winnable. Um, everybody thought the Falcons was going to be a win that turned out to be a win. Um, the Browns should have been a win. Um, Seattle was always tricky going into the year. So, I mean, if they're three and one, maybe that'd be something, but it's, they're basically an onsite. They're basically like a heroic Dak Prescott fourth quarter performance and an onside kick, um, recovery that the Falcons forgot the rules or forgot how to play football away from me. Oh, and four. Um, I guess you can kind of flip that and say they're a couple plays away from being three and one on the other hand, but it just has been very underwhelming, especially the defensive side of the ball. Um, we were, I mean, Mike Nolan doesn't have a very successful track record, but we are sold on the fact that this defense would be aggressive, that they would uh, take the ball away, that they would make plays that we haven't seen under a previous regime and all that kind of stuff. We just haven't seen that. They had that one pick in the Rams game and all of that, but ever since then, they really haven't made impact plays. They have struggled to get off the field. Um they put the offense in a hole. Um, but even the offense, is, for the most part, they started slow. I know in uh, the Cleveland game, they were up 14-7. They had a chance to go up 21-7 um, before before uh, Miles Garrett made that big play. Um, but it's overall, like you said, I mean, if you were told they were 1-3 and three and before the season, I don't think anybody would have been very happy at all, uh, needless to say. Um, so I've been very disappointed. Mike McCarthy – I think I was I was listening to the fan this morning on my drive and I think in his last I want to say 19 games he's only won five games um, and that's with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback that's with this year's Dak Prescott who's been who's played mostly phenomenal for the most part um, so yeah it's been very underwhelming very disappointing I don't really have any disagree disagreements there and it does have me worried for the uh, second third and fourth quarters of this season. Dalton, I want to turn it over to you uh, for a second. So 
you know, we talked a lot about the coaching. We talked a lot about some of these issues that we've, we've seen uh, last week on the podcast. Uh, the question I want to get to you is there's a lot of people kind of split on what the team's issues are. Um, there's a lot of people who think it's definitely the defense, 100% the defense. There's nothing else to blame. And then there's a lot of people out there who go, yeah, the defense isn't good, but it's the offense's fault for the turnovers um, and, and all of that. And I mean, I, you know, my take on it is, is the turnovers aren't good, but the defense is so bad that I don't think it matters. You know, like a turnover shouldn't guarantee the team other, you know, points or a touchdown. And that's what it's turning into every time. So I wanted to get your take on right now, heading into week five, what would you say this team's biggest issue is, you know, without just saying the defense sucks or the offense is turning the ball over too much? They're not running the football enough, Connor. I think that we all know that, uh, yeah. that is the biggest issue on this football team. Uh, I was hoping for you know a, a bad answer, but I got a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I it's a cop out, uh, but it is. It's a, it's a combination of the ridiculous turnover rate, whether it be Dak Prescott, whether it be Ezekiel Elliott fumbling the football, or. Is he or uh, Tony Pollard or whoever f- decides to fumble the football or have it punch out of their hands? Um, the, the turnovers are awful right now, and the defense couldn't stop us if we were playing three positions on the football field uh, for an opposing offense in the red zone. And, and it's not just in—I mean, it's everywhere. This defense right. is just absolutely horrendous. And I think that if it wasn't so bad you wouldn't have the offense put so much pressure on themselves right. to make every play right. the play, and, um, which and I, I think, think is kind of what's happening. You know, Zeke had no reason whatsoever to hold the ball the way that he did on that fumble the other day. Uh, just like Dak Prescott should not have double clutched um, during the Seahawks game. interception, uh, the strip fumble when he was should have hit Michael Gallup on the comeback before he got into his break. Um, so yeah, it's the the turnovers are bad, but man, the, this defense is just horrendous. Yeah, and that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my my take on it is like, yes, the offense is turning the ball over at a kind of abnormal rate right now, but it's still. I mean, again, like turnovers are never good. Don't get me wrong, but it was, you know two turnovers in the the deciding point of that game. Like if you, if if, that shouldn't equal an automatic loss for any team, like you hope that your defense can get a turnover or two and help that differential not be so drastic. But the defense is so bad that anytime you turn the ball over gunshot wound, you're like, crap, well now we got to stop the bleeding and we got to come back out next series and definitely score points. And that, you know, like you said, Dalton, I think that leads to, reckless play on offense where you're you know you're trying to do too much you're pressing and that leads to not doing things technically sound um carrying the football the right way handling the football the right way whatever you want to say and i just think it all comes back to again my my original point was turnovers shouldn't equal touchdowns for the other team like we saw the chiefs on monday night turn the ball over multiple times and they didn't always just equate to the team marching down the field and scoring a touchdown and turnovers are a lot about luck. They're a lot about good luck and bad luck. I mean, we could have picked a few throws off in that Browns game that Dak threw that weren't picked off. That probably yep. should have been. Um, but anytime you throw the ball 60 to 65 times a game, you're going to have four or five bad plays. That's just how math works and how the sport works. Um, but again, I think it all kind of comes back to the defense. 
and the special teams. When you're having to drive the length of the field every time you get the ball, um, you're going to have instances where when you have to go almost 20, 15 to 20 more yards than most teams in the NFL, you're going to make a few more mistakes along the way because you have a longer distance to travel. Um, and, I, and I just I think that if the defense is as bad as it is and the special teams is going to continue to be as bad as it is, the offense is going to have to press. They're, they're going to have to because they're going to have to keep up with these teams. And it's probably going to lead to more turnovers, which isn't going to you know, help anything. But I, I just don't know if there's any answer there. Um, and now I want to get your take. I, I want to take this away, uh, you know, kind of from the Browns game, but from the first four games. Where are you guys at with this special teams unit? Because we talked all, all offseason about how Bones Fossil was the best coach in the league how the unit was going to just see drastic changes just based off of that. And I could make the argument that the special teams has gotten worse than it was from last year. And that is embarrassing. So I wanted to get both of your opinions. Cole, I'll start with you on where are you at with this special teams unit? And do you think it is a coaching issue as we, we thought it was last year with Keith O'Quinn, or is it a personnel issue with the guys that they have on the field? Yeah, special teams has been very disappointing. Um, this year, obviously, other than an onside kick, there hasn't really been a big highlight on on special teams that you can look to, like, hey, the, there's been improvement in this area. Um, even there, I mean, we talk about Greg Zerline. He's missed some big kicks. He's missed some field goals uh, already throughout the first four weeks. But uh, the thing that keeps, like, scratching my head is the Tony Pollard on kick returns. It, it's <laughs> like he forgot, like, how to return kicks he's like he's never done before in his life it looks like he doesn't know if he should bring it out he doesn't know when to keep it in the end zone um in seattle when he i don't know what what the hell he was trying to do when he they uh he i guess he tried to he was hoping the football would go back into the end zone he didn't want to come out with i don't know what what happened there it's just like every there hasn't been a positive on a special team side of the ball and i do think the players deserve some blame, obviously, but um, <laughs> they, they they had a blocked kick yeah. count for two points for the other it. team. That yeah. is like that is stuff that we see on like Pee Wee football leagues <laughs> on America's funniest home videos. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, how does that even? You're there has to be coaching blame. Like the fossil has to be blamed for at least some of it. I'm not saying he's responsible for every little thing but the fact that this keeps happening week after week there's it's just mind-boggling yeah Dalton what's your take on the special teams through four weeks and you know is there what's your what's your opinion on who who to blame how to blame and is there anything to do to fix it well Connor um there's a difference between aggression and uh being reckless and this is a team that has Definitely teetered or not, you know, <laughs> overflowed the cup of uh, recklessness when it comes to the special teams unit. It's been pretty bad overall. Um, and, you know, the, the return is not very good. Your punter is still bad. Um, nobody could have ever seen that coming. Um, but they are <laughs> only 29th in the league no. in special teams, Dave. Uh, which is a metric that kind of shows like their preseason forecast and what they are forecasting for the rest of the season. Um, and they're pretty atrocious. They were 30th last year. So they have improved guys on special teams. But it's still bottom five in the league 
And honestly, I don't see how it gets much better. I mean, you just like tell Tony Pollard not to return anymore. Maybe don't put your best wide receiver back there to return punts. Like, I'm sorry, but Cedric Wilson doesn't have to be doing that stuff. We've CeeDee Lamb for a reason. He can be returning punts. We don't want Ced Wilson back there being able to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely, definitely, uh, <laughs> I love the sarcasm there. Um, I do want to ask both of you before we go to break to just l- take this conversation a little bit less serious and a little, like, just p- add some fun to it. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> What, I'm what? already not taking it seriously. <laughs> it was a joke. If you had to pick the worst special teams play from Sunday, would it be the two point <laughs> play for the Browns where we blocked a kick, <laughs> hooped it out of yeah. our butt, and it went backwards 25 yards, or where the we had a chance to win and our kicker kicked <laughs> the ball 12 yards to the other team, oh, and then no, they scored no. on the very next play? Yeah. No, it was. Definitely, definitely yeah. the blocked extra definitely point. That's atrocious. But if it goes past the line of scrimmage, you don't touch it. I that still was, understand that happened. That was definitely atrocious. I, I 100% agree. But I think the no, kickoff no, see, had a I big think that impact. He was trying, I think he was trying to squib it. I know, but and he accidentally hit it right to the guy. So, so but my point is, <laughs> listen, listen I, the watermelon kick isn't easy. I think that had a. That was more than like. You can understand that more. Sure, that was that. more impactful, but that doesn't mean it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> because, listen, Jalen Smith trying to pick that football up was definitely I worse. I didn't say what was more embarrassing. I said what was worse to the yeah, outcome of the game. Yeah, you said worse. Oh, no, you didn't say to the outcome well, of the game. You said worse. <laughs> Because that individual act in a vacuum was definitely worse. Yeah. I would yeah. cut Jalen Smith just because of that. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, then how are you going to sell your rental space out at the star where he sells his sunglasses? Well, Tony Pollard can probably get like some Tony steroid. So I don't know, man. We're, we're promoting steroids right now. Like, I'm sure. Listen, all I'm saying is we, try we have, something. We have, okay? we have plenty of business in, endeavors we could start up and, and have the, the Cowboys players run. I mean, Don Terry Poe, he is starting – a uh, a a a concrete company where he's going to start you know putting concrete on the ground for trucks to drive through because that's all he's worth is is a big <laughs> big runway so yeah. oh, we do we <laughs> suck we're embarrassing but uh we're going to talk about it some more i guess so we're going to take a break come back and we're going to see if there's anything we can do to fix any of this stuff we talked about the issues we talked how we can maybe fix some of the special teams issues but we do want to talk about the offensive issues the defensive issues and if there's any sort of hope for the cowboys moving forward we'll be right back we are talking the star support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back on the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Here with Cole Patterson and Dalton Miller today. Follow us all on Twitter at ConnorNFLDraft, at Cole L. Patterson, and at Dalton B. Miller. Big shout out to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and Vox Media for giving us the platform to host the podcast. Uh, make sure you have subscribed to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you listen on just uh search blogging the boys click the subscribe button and you will get multiple opinions from multiple voices plenty of shows we got up six seven eight shows now um so you'll have a ton of information a ton of opinions coming from all of our uh crew at blogging the boys so make sure you do that thanks so much to those guys and thanks so much to all of you guys for listening and making this podcast one of the best dallas cowboys and biggest dallas cowboys podcast in the world we appreciate you so much and keep up the good work all right boys let's get to work we talked about special teams we we talked about defense we talked a little bit about the offense so that's where i want to start while the offense is still putting up Really big numbers, really big yards. There's still some improvement that can be done there. I want to talk about a few things we think they can do better or some additions they can do, maybe some players they can swap out. Um, I was going to start, um, and I think what the best thing for them to do, and I think we're not going to see them mess up at it again, is to play Brandon Knight at right tackle over Terrence Steele. They tried that experiment for multiple weeks. It was horrendous in those multiple weeks. And then for whatever reason, they came out against a really good edge rotation in Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett, put a superior player on the field and or inferior player on the field, and he got absolutely whooped. Uh, he gave up multiple sacks. He had a big the strip sack came on a play that the quarterback just didn't really even have a chance, and that was a big turning point, a big difference maker in that game, and putting. Weaker players on the field for whatever reason is never a good idea. And Brandon Knight has proved that he is the better right tackle option and needs to be on the field. Cole, I'm going to pass it to you now. Is there something that you would like to see this team do on offense that you think can help them? Eh, it's a tough question. Um, well, if Bucky Brooks is on this podcast, he'd be saying they need to run the ball more often. So maybe I should look into that. But no, no, no. It really hurts not to have Lael Collins out there, obviously. Um, we saw uh, if Lael Collins is there, I don't think Miles Garrett gets a dack on that on that strip sack um, this past weekend. Obviously, he's such a talented offensive tackle, and I do think Brandon Knight being out there over Terrence Steele is an upgrade. But, man, there's just um, – the offensive line just certainly has some question marks, and not as many question marks as the defense or special teams, obviously. I don't know if there's one specific thing I would do – just for offense, and I do think once they get rolling, it's they're very hard to stop, um, especially their passing attack. Uh, there's not many secondaries that can match up with all the weapons that they have. Um, I guess I would, if there's one thing I would would like for them to do, I would like for them to use uh, 
Tony Pollard a little bit more. I know he had that drop this past weekend. He's been he's made me uh, scratch my head very often on special teams. But I do think he would uh, add another element in the re- as a receiver, make this offense even more dangerous. Maybe even get the offense off to quicker starts right out of the gate rather than have to dig themselves out of a hole. Um, I do think that would be a uh, an interesting wrinkle if they could include him more in, in the game plan. Dalton, you got anything you'd like to see this offense either do or add or take away for it to maybe be a little bit more successful? Yeah. Um, stop running the ball so much when the game is close. You uh, Listen, and this isn't even like a, me being against first down runs or anything like that. It's just that when two or more of your offensive linemen are getting the absolute crap kicked out of them at the line of scrimmage, I don't care if Barry Sanders mixed with... <laughs> Adrian Peterson mixed with LT are back there in that backfield. They are not going to be able to make much happen because there are two or three guys meeting you at the line of scrimmage. They just can't run the ball well right now unless it's by complete surprise. So you might as well not do it at almost a 50% clip, especially when your quarterback is averaging over 10 yards per attempt on first downs early in games. Just throw the football. That's how you fix the offense. Will there be some mistakes? Absolutely. Anytime anybody puts the ball in the air 60 times in a game, there's <laughs> probably going to be a mistake or two. But guess what? Your running back is fumbling the ball like every 30 carries. So that's not helping you out all that much either. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we, we talk, people act like it's such a big threat that you know, what does he have three? Is Dak have three interceptions on the year or four? Uh, I don't know the number. I'm pretty sure it's three, right? He threw one last week and then two in Seattle. Yes. Yeah. So Zeke's fumbled how many times? Three. At three? Least, yeah. So at least we have the same three. amount of fumbles. It might fumbles. be four. My point is, is we have the same, same or close to the same amount of turnovers through the air that we have on the ground from our quarterback and our running back. So people act like throwing the ball is so much, you know, more of a, a danger for turning. Well, he the is. Ball. Yeah, he has three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so same amount of fumbles to interceptions from the quarterback to the running back. So it's not like running the ball. And again, the attempts are a whole lot less too. So it's not yeah. like, it's not like, you know, you're getting these, these, you know, results that say oh passing the ball is so much more dangerous than running the fall football when the numbers right there tell us in a whole lot less more carries for Zeke than pass attempts from Dak he's fumbling the ball at the same rate that the quarterback's throwing the interception and we're gaining five to six more yards per pass than we are per run so like you said it just kind of makes more sense to keep doing that high, you know not a higher risk but a higher reward um, four, four more yards, four more explosive plays, and and getting the football in better players' hands. Um, we talked a little bit about special teams, about you know getting Cedric Wilson some snaps, you know, getting Tony Pollard out of there. What we can kind of do on the defense side of the ball, and this is probably going to take up a little bit more time. But Dalton, what would you like to see them do from an inside, outside coaching personnel perspective? to hopefully just try to improve a little bit to get this defense to not being historically bad? Uh, Your linebackers got to play more under control. When I say your linebackers, I mean Jalen Smith. (laughs) Um, But you just need to keep going out there and 
figure it out because we got guys freelancing and that's just not going to get it done. You're already not very talented. If you don't have all 11 guys actually doing their job, it's going to get ugly. Um, And it has gotten ugly for them so far in the season. So yeah, just keep playing together. Hopefully we can get a little bit of health. I think that's really the only way out of this because listen, you're, you didn't have much of an off season. You didn't have a lot of time to, you know, construct this new and quite frankly, difficult defense to actually deploy. Um, and then you had all of these injuries on top. I, I, I wouldn't want to dumb down the defense because I think that they're just going to get their asses kicked no matter what they do. Um, but if you're going to be, you know, aggressive, at least get your hands on the football. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that's all we can really hope for is that this defense is terrible, but they can at least get one or two turnovers in a game. If they don't get one against Daniel Jones, who hasn't scored a touchdown in three games and has a fumble and an interception in each of the past three, you suck. So please get the ball out of his hands once this week. I'd like to see the metrics on it because I still feel like this team doesn't blitz enough either on defense. And like when you're you're bad, we talked about this last week too, Dalton, but like when you can't cover, you can't rush the passer and you can't play linebacker, you might as well just send extra guys at that point to at least try to confuse somebody and rush them off a spot or get them to throw the ball a lot earlier than he thinks to. So because right now I see we're rushing a lot. They did it a little bit in the Cleveland game because I know Trayvon Diggs had a sack and um, I think Daryl Worley had a sack. Or There was two secondary players who had the only sacks, and it's like if we could just provide pressure with one of those extra players or extra two players, like I just feel like they never even run blitz a lot. Like They just play front four and have Jalen Smith and – and Joe Thomas kind of make a read based off of what they see. And I just, I feel like they need to be more aggressive. If you're going to be bad, at least be aggressive enough to where maybe you can force some erratic throws or force a quarterback off the spot, move them out of the pocket and see what you can do. Um, that would be my, my easy, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a fix, but you're already historically bad. So let's be more aggressive in trying to be more aggressive in the pocket and around the line of scrimmage with, uh, you know, pass blitz and run blitz. Cole, what, what do you got? Yeah, y'all pretty much covered it. I'm not sure we have enough time to talk about all the changes that can <laughs> be be done to the defense. It's just head scratching to see how bad this defense was. I know I was a lot higher than y'all were going into the year on the defense, and I've been made like a complete fool on that on that end of the spectrum. So, uh, I mean, I think y'all covered that. Um, but did y'all, did y'all happen to see, uh, Wade Phillips? Like, Oh t- yeah. T- <laughs> I mean, obviously I, just, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I did think that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think we have enough, a long enough podcast to really yeah. dive into everything that the defense needs to improve on and needs to change. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it sounds even silly to bring up, but like from a personnel perspective, like I just don't understand how you wouldn't at least have an interest in, Damon Harrison enough to just give him a call yeah. and put him through a workout because your defensive tackles are awful. Don Terry Poe is like, I'm 135 pounds and I can probably play one technique better than Don Terry Poe right now. It's <laughs> that bad. That's a lie, but I understand where you're going. With you that. understand what I'm going for. <laughs> That's a lie. So <laughs> my point is, is like, there's no way that you're too good or you feel good enough about your defensive mm-hmm. tackle play right now to not give one of the best run. I don't care if he's somewhat wash. I don't care if he comes in Mm. and he's what Everson Griffin has been, which looks like a wash player. Don Terry Poe is a wash player. 
And if you just keep throwing a washed player out there with no sort of like competition or no sort of let's try to fix this, then you're just admitting that you're terrible and mm. you're not trying to fix it. And we always hear Stephen Jones's big mouth say, it's a 365-day-a-year job. We're going we're gonna to evaluate. Well, if you evaluate your team the right way, you would see that your defensive tackles are awful. And to just keep throwing that out. I mean, again, I'm ready to see Neville Gallimore get the starting job at one technique, and I don't think Neville Gallimore is any good right now. But Don Terry Poe is also not any good, and he's 70 years old, and he's 350 pounds and offers absolutely nothing other than getting in your safety's way because he's always getting pushed nine yards back behind the in front of the line of scrimmage. So those are two, a couple little fixes that I would see. Um, and, and, you know, like you guys said, you know, I just think that I think a lot of it just comes back to just playing better as well. I mean, we can't force it. We can't point the finger too much at the coaching and front office because they did add guys that we thought could play and Everson Griffin and I mean, Daryl Worley, Trayvon Diggs, you know, they like, they did some things that we were, we came on these podcasts and said, you know, we like what they did and they haven't panned out, but you need those guys to play better. Obviously you need to be better, you know, scheme wise, you, you, like Dalton said, you don't want to dumb it down, but so much, but at the same time, you can't just keep allowing these big busts in coverage. You can't keep allowing Jalen Smith to just get absolutely mushed because he, you know, can't play the spot that he's at. So you have to make some moves. You have to try to get better. And that comes from the inside perspective, from an outside perspective, from a scheme perspective, and possibly if it doesn't get better from a coaching perspective. And uh, that's something that we're going to keep an eye on, you know, within these next few weeks, but uh, that's all the time we have for today we appreciate everyone so much for listening we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about a victory against our old good friend jason garrett thank you guys so much for listening we are talking the star